In today's podcast, my guest is Tammy Sims, the co-founder of Properly. And we're going to be talking about remote management and standards and turnover scheduling and all those good things that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. Still broadcasting to you from Texas. Although I've been looking at my driveway cam and the snow is disappearing at home. So we will be in a couple of weeks starting our journey home, providing we don't have to hot foot it back any sooner. You know, given the coronavirus issues that are going on at the moment, I don't want to see the borders between Canada and the US shut before I'm safely across them. So we're just keeping a good eye and on what's going on at the moment. A bit difficult when we're down here in this little isolated part of West Texas. And I do mean isolated, like 30 miles from the nearest store or nearest grocery store anyway. It's been absolutely great and I've loved every minute. But actually, as I look at my driveway cam and I'm seeing little bits of shrubs and things poking their way through the melting snow, I'm beginning to think about getting home and working from my office. You know, while it's great here in the RV and I've got all my equipment, every time I sit down to do a podcast interview or a Zoom session, everything, you know, it's a good 15 minutes or so to get everything set up. So it will be nice to have it all there so I can just walk into my office and switch it all on. So today's guest is Tammy Sims from Properly. And I'm sure you have heard of Properly. It's an app that helps with just about everything to do with turnovers and changeovers at a property. You know, turnover scheduling, remote inspection, checklists, everything is there in Properly. And I'm sure Tammy will get a chance to talk a little bit about the app later on in the interview. But Tammy has been managing her own vacation rentals for many, many years. I've known her for a long time and I know she has learned so much over the years. And she shares her time between those homes in California and the other home she shares with her partner, Alex Nig, in New Zealand. So she knows everything there is to know about being a remote host and a remote manager. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about remote management and something that's dear to Tammy's heart is about standards and how is it possible to set standards in this industry. So relax unless you're out hiking when you can just increase your pace a bit and listen in to this great conversation with Tammy Sims. So I'm super happy to have with me Tammy Sims from Properly. Tammy, have you been on the show before? I have been on the show before. I was trying to remember, I think Alex and I were on the show together a couple times in the past. <sighs> That's maybe? right. 
Yeah, that's why I was, I was looking it up. It must be under Alex yeah. and not Tammy. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I, w- I will find those. I will find those um, those episodes and put them in the show notes because it's always worthwhile going going back. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm thought I know that you've been on here before, but, but I can't yeah, find you anywhere. Yeah, we've talked before. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was super to see you at in, in where were we? New Orleans. I think we were last in, uh, New, Orleans. in New Orleans, and then before that, we were in Como. Yeah. Yes, I got to see both places. Yeah, both too brief, but still got to got to say hello. I know, and I was thinking about Como yesterday because, of course, Como right in the middle of um, you know, it's yeah. it's just that north section of Lombardy. So they they've mm-hmm. been in amongst the um, coronavirus issues ever since mm-hmm. the outset. So. Yeah, you were in in the run up to um, pressing the record button here. You were saying that you had some uh, relatives, team members from and around Italy. We do. So we have one one of our team members uh, lives just north of where the sort of first area in Italy that was um, where the the virus broke out, which is in the same area where Alex's mother is also. And then we have two team members that are from Italy, um, one from Sicily, one from Rome. They operate from they work from our Barcelona office. So they live there, but they've got family there. So, of course, like within our own you know, like starting from Alex's mother, but then to our team, but then to the bigger industry, we know so many people that are there and, and getting used to sort of a new normal for, Mm -hmm. I think, I think the quarantine is in place until the first part of April. So quite some time. Oh gosh. Yes. I mean, yeah, it it is. It is a long time. And I, I I was looking at some pictures of just small towns and large towns in Italy this morning that are just, you know, devoid of people. And and mm-hmm. when you start considering the businesses that are impacted and of course, all the vacation rental businesses, because I know Absolutely. I, yeah. I saw a post from Bob Garner and I never can pronounce this, Casa La Vieci, I think it is. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to help. <laughs> but he has, he, um, he has a, a beautiful property in the Le Marquet area and most of his guests are returning and they're not mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. So he is, is just one example of everybody that's being impacted in this industry in particular. Yeah. And, and I, I know that people are canceling immediate plans and probably delaying future plans, but he has a unique perspective in that he's got returning guests and are people saying we're not coming at all this year or are they just delaying making those plans? I think at the moment they're saying, you know, they don't want to make plans for this year because mm-hmm. it's it's such a fluid mm-hmm. situation. How do, how do you know what it's yeah. going to be like in, in two months' time? I mean, with, with Italy right, taking exactly. these draconian measures of shutting down the entire country, I mean, maybe it will work and they will have a level of containment that is going to bring them out of this fairly rapidly. But once your borders are open and people can't start coming back in again from other countries, I mean, I, I just don't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I try and stay pretty much away from these conversations because it, it, it really starts to go down a bit of a dark hole. Well, I, I think in the short term, you know, we've, we've talked about that. We've been watching, of course, the, the industry and paying close attention. And um, in the short term, it's certainly going to have an impact on our industry, but there are opportunities, you know, I'm, you know, Alex, and he's like the eternal, eternal optimist. He can always find a silver lining in something and he's very strategic and smart and you know, always forward thinking. And so his prediction is that in the short term, of course, this is going to be already is and will continue to be difficult for our industry. We were, you know, our industry, the travel industry was the first hit. 
but there are some opportunities for us going forward. And, you know, we, we talk about um, drive to markets and, and fly to markets. And typically we would think of a place like Italy as a fly to market, you know, people fly, but when everyone wants to stay closer to home, then suddenly places in Italy become drive to markets for other Italians, you know, so there's a possibility that Maybe travel is not going to be as global, but maybe people will find vacations closer to home. And certainly we have an advantage. You know, our family was supposed to go on a, we had a family trip planned for about six months and we were all going and we were going to stay at a, at a lodge. And we decided to cancel the trip for two reasons. One that people were, you know, my whole family was flying in and we were going to be in the Seattle area, which is kind of where the things first started in the U S. But the second reason was that we were going to a lodge And so uh, I think travelers tendency is going to want to be in less, you know, more private spaces and less public spaces. So that really opens up an opportunity for private vacation rental homes. So there could be some ways like if we're strategic and smart about our marketing and messaging as a vacation rental industry could make the most out of a out of a challenging situation. I think that's that's quite right. I mean my my market is 90 95% drive to which you know mm-hmm. they're coming out of the city of Toronto and yes of course we've seen that this is a this is an opportunity for the staycation don't get on an aeroplane don't even cross the border just get in yep. your car and drive 2 hours and and you're in your isolated spot but mm-hmm. it's you know that 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 actually you know it, it does bring with it some other issues that we're dealing with at the moment and and as a company we're putting together all our emergency plans many of which mm-hmm. had been in place since SARS way, way back. You know, and one of the issues that we face is when the owner says, I want to put my property into quarantine because I use it. So I don't want people mm-hmm. in there. And we've already got a summer booked. You know, how I think companies have to be thinking about that as well. What happens when the owner says, I want my place back because I want to send my family out of the city to my country home because mm-hmm. they're going to be yeah. safer. So these are we, the sorts of things. We canceled our vacation to Rome. We want to just stay in our own vacation rental now. Yes. I think one of the things, one of the things, I mean, certainly, you know, what we do as a company, cleaning is at the, cleaning and operations is at the center of what we need to sharply and quickly focus on as an industry, both internally, mm-hmm. but also externally for guests and, and to owners. Um, so one of the things that we've done is we put in checklists and procedures, additional procedures and share that information with our customers about what extra measures need to go, need to be in place so that you're really disinfecting properties. How do you keep your team safe in the midst of this? How do you communicate what you're doing to take extra precautionary measures to disinfect properties to your guests who are traveling and so this is a time when there's a heightened focus and, uh, you know, on how are we maintaining and cleaning properties? How are we disinfecting properties so that an owner can be reassured that these are the procedures that we have in place and that we're following. These are the products that we're using. And so, you know, they might still want to take a week and bump some guests out to have their, their family time, but, you know, reassuring people that the, mm-hmm. how the home is being disinfected is going to be at the center of of everything. What we really need to do as an industry is instill trust in everyone about how we're disinfecting and taking care of of places where it is a shared, you know, it's a private space, but it's a shared space in in that guests and different sets of guests and and, um, property owners and and our team members are there. So, so I talked to Dirk Johnson. Look at that question. 
So, so I talked. Yeah, I'd be curious to. Yeah, I talked to Dirk Johnson last week about um, mm-hmm. everything to do with, you know, the physical aspects of the cleaning, the types of products mm-hmm. to use. He talked at length about, I mean, he, he told me about how, how he he takes a Petri dish and <laughs> creates his own, nice. cre- creates his right own now. little germy things um which I've which seen we, those petri dishes of his. <laughs> <laughs> which we don't really need to be doing but you know it's it's good to have that have that front of mind so he gave us some really mm-hmm. interesting information on the types of cleaning products to use what sanitizes what disinfects um, we had quite a few questions in from the Facebook Property Manager Pref- Professionals um, group. They had a lot of questions. So I wanted to take it to the next stage with you and just you know, talk about how we as, as owners and managers can manage the people who are remo- remotely, who are going into our properties. How do we reassure them? How do we get the message across as to what they have to do? Well, I think, I mean, you know that part of our company is based on uh, standard operating procedures and making sure that, you know, usually we talk about this from perspective of hospitality and guest experience, that you can, you know, design the best guest experience imaginable with linens staged beautifully and and items that you want to provide, you know, amenities that you want to provide to guests and how those need to be restocked and all of the checking to make sure that things work in the property and light bulbs are working, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So usually, you know, we, we, we emphasize standard operating procedures from a, from a guest experience perspective, but certainly in a scare like this, people can't be expected to know and remember everything that needs to be done at a property, especially to a a different level of detail. So we're putting a a checklist in place that we'll provide to our our property managers so that cleaners know the additional things that need to be cleaned when they're in and disinfected with their, when they're at a property that aren't always done. So things like even the cleaning products that are at a, at a property door handles, um, remote controls, light switches, things that are high touch areas, taking all of, even if dishes have been washed and put away, making sure that all of the dishes are washed because guests will possibly have touched them and put them back away. So disinfecting to, to a higher degree. So that's, that's one of the things that we're doing that we're putting in place for our customers so that they can use those additional checklists and and letting people know that you want to give your, your cleaners extra time to be able to do, you know, another level of, of disinfecting at the property while, while they're there. Yeah, um, Dirk definitely mentioned remote controls and and light switches, mm-hmm. and he was talking about this so that the 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 knurly knobs, the knobs which um, have the grooves in them, you know, j- just paying a little bit more attention to that. So I guess it's you know it's a lot more attention to detail. What about um, uh, let, let's just talk about your properties, Tammy? How do you actually deal with the changeovers in those? Uh, well, as you know, I'm I'm remote, um, so I I manage my my properties remotely, and I used to when I first started, I did my own cleaning, and I'm very kind of particular and fastidious about how my home is prepared for guests in all ways. You know, starting from the cleaning to presentation and restocking and kind of hospitality touches and that sort of thing. So I've always had to rely on a system. Entrusting that to someone else is is a big deal and you have to find the right person, but there also has to be a process in place for someone. Um, so, you know, I've, I've used, I didn't use a checklist initially because properly wasn't around six, six years ago when I was facing <laughs> this issue, but you know, we use, I always rely on, on a checklist. I have had the same cleaner, two cleaners for 
over a year. One of my cleaners is, I mean, they're, they're both amazing, but one of them is really, you know, she's got like the vacuum cleaner. That's the backpack vacuum cleaner with the HEPA filter. And she's like <laughs> extremely detailed. She's the kind of person who will be at the property and write to me and say, Hey, I, I wondered if it would be okay if I spent some extra time today and did the baseboards. Like, absolutely. <laughs> but there's still, you know, even for someone who's the most amazing cleaner, you, people have, there has to be a, a checklist in place. I, I use the comparison of, you know, pilots every time they fly an airplane before they actually take off, they go through a checklist, no matter how many flight hours they've had, they could be, have been a pilot for 30 years and be an instructor, but we're humans and we forget things. So there's a need to have a process in place so that you can check and double check your work. And in particular, when you're communicating what you want done with you know, to someone else, there needs to be a system, a system mm-hmm. and a process in place. So that's how I do it. And, and part of our system, as you know, is that I can require, I can ask for specific photos of the property so that I can verify that things have been set up the way that I want it, that, you know, different areas of the property are clean, that things have been restocked the way that I want them restocked, etc. So I think it's, you know, I have an amazing cleaner. I would, would trust that she wouldn't forget to clean the toilet and things like that. But there are extra items that go, you know, extra tasks that need to be done when it's a hospitality cleaning, as opposed to a residential cleaning that are easy for people to forget. So Mm -hmm. I think it's essential to communicate what needs to be done and to have a process in place for people to follow so that nothing is missed. Okay. And uh, and I'm neurotic. I I want (laughs) to see photos of the property before my, before the guests check in. So I have an opportunity to say, fix that one thing or so. So sorry, you were saying. Yeah, I was just I was just going to say you've got a great cleaner. And this is the question we get from so many people, how do I find a cleaner and how do I get them trained in the first place because there is that huge difference between residential and vacation rental cleaning. Um and I I know this from, you know, when when I first got a cleaner in and I didn't really, I mean this is going back a lot of years. And when we had a guest call us and and say I've just taken a mug out of the cupboard and it hasn't been washed you know it's just been put back in the cupboard and the cleaner hadn't she, she'd been a residential cleaner she'd never thought that you need to check all the plates and all the dishes and all the mugs because people do that they <laughs> the kids yeah. it's kids in particular you know they'll they'll just i'm not washing that i'll just put it straight back in the cupboard right <laughs> so right. It, yeah it's that there, training there and difference Mm. Exactly. So you can find someone from the cleaning industry that's been doing residential cleaning and that person might be an exceptional cleaner, but there's just a, a different level of inspection and restocking that needs to happen when it's a hospitality cleaning. So um, some of the things that are different are if you're cleaning a residential property, you would never open the drawers of the bedside table. You wouldn't look in closets. You wouldn't necessarily look under beds. You wouldn't look in dresser drawers. But when it's a hospitality cleaning, those are the kinds of things that you need to do. You might start the dishwasher, you know, toward the end of your, of the cleaning job and it's running. And when the owner gets home, they unload the dishes and that's fine. When it's a hospitality cleaning, you know, everything needs to be clean and put away. And so that means that the dishwasher needs to be started first. So there are just a number of things, you know, operational things like checking light bulbs, uh, making sure that everything is restocked, making sure that the coffee beans are restocked and, and plates and such are clean and inventoried. Uh, so there's just another level of inspection, restocking, um, hospitality touches that need to be done when it's a hospitality cleaning. And those are the things that don't come naturally to people. 
So there has to be some process in place that you're, you know, sort of expanding someone's understanding of what the job entails. If, if it's someone who comes from a residential cleaning background, you know, they might be great with cleaning, but their, their uh, perspective of what the job is or understanding of, of what the job is needs to be expanded to include all of those things that are specific to, to our industry. So training is, you know, we've, we've talked to a lot of our property managers about how they, how they onboard their cleaning teams and the cost of that, both in terms of time and actual expense. So we've, you know, our property managers have been able to reduce the amount of training time because all of those essential extra tasks are in the job. So it's an on the job, you know, having that mobile app with the checklist is an on the job training tool. And there doesn't have to be so much follow-up and oversight. We've, we've talked to property managers that the first, the first task is that they have a, you know, one or two hour class in the office and then they go and shadow someone and then they go along with someone and kind of do it themselves. And then they, the third time they go into the cleaning and they're doing the main cleaning and someone else is shadowing. And that's all oversight and to check and double check someone's work and that they've learned what needs to happen. But if you've got a system in place Mm-hmm. that people can just reference a list of what needs to be done and check off those things when they've been completed, then that's built in on the job training and it's ongoing. So, you know, it really reduces uh, training time, but also management and oversight to make sure that people are doing what needs to be, what needs to be done. Cause, because that's a part of, you know, anytime someone starts a new job, you need to know what the expectations are. You need to have a, a process and tools to follow, but then there needs to be feedback that's given about your work so that you can continually improve and know what, you know, know what needs to, to be done differently. So our system sort of provides an end-to-end solution for that that makes, makes things much more efficient. I always remember getting, um, you know, when I had my, my residential cleaner at home and she decided, or, or we, we discussed it when, when I brought on uh, a couple of new properties and I said, would you be interested in doing this? And she said, oh, yes, because she loves, absolutely, you know, most cleaners love their job, most of them. <laughs> they, they love doing this. And, and she said, I love this. I can't wait to get, and you know, get out. And I, and I, got this checklist for her and I said and you know you you make sure and she said it says here you've got to open the bedside drawers she said I can't do that (laughs) (laughs) and I said that's exactly why you have to do that (laughs) that's exactly right that's exactly right yeah there there are things about a residential cleaning that you that you absolutely do not do that you must do and so that, that, that does require a bit of a a bit of a mindset shift. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have the, you know, the cleaner that I have now is she comes from a residential cleaning background and, um, and a lot of people find that it's like, it's really rewarding to switch to a hospitality cleaning because you, you know, to to that part of the industry, because there's just a a sort of a different perception of the, Mm -hmm. of the fruits of your labor. So my cleaner loves that when she's done with the property that she knows the guests are checking in for their vacation and she takes, it's, it's an additional level like she's one of those people who loves to clean and that's very satisfying to her. But then to know that what's happening when she's done, you know, getting the property ready is that guests are going to check in and enjoy that property. It's additional level of, of sort of job satisfaction for her. Yes. I changed the, my residential cleaner. We, we said, she said, well, what am I just, am I just, you just calling me a cleaner? I said, no, you're my property manager. And she absolutely right. loved that title. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's doing the same, but she's 
doing the same, just a little bit extra. But she was now a property mm-hmm. manager and she, she was the, the glow that she got when she'd, she'd come back and sit in my kitchen and have a cup of tea after doing a, a changeover and just talk about what she'd done and how, how she felt when she walked out the door backwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's, yep. that's perfect. And, you know, not everybody's going to find cleaners like that. But um, clearly, right. clearly and then, you and, and I have that, them. After that, after that experience, then that guest leaves a, leaves a glowing review and yeah. that gets shared with her. And then that satisfaction uh, is magnified, but also the incentive and motivation to, you know, to continue to do good work. I think that, you know, share, sharing those reviews and never forget to share the reviews when, when somebody says this place was cleaner than my own home. You want, yeah, you want exactly. your cleaning teams to see that, to see the, yep. the, the fruits of their labour. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what an integral part they are to the, to the industry and to your business and to providing a good guest experience and for, you know, for supporting the owner with their, with their asset. And, and yeah, it's, it, it's, Within our company, we have tried to, you know, we shifted from using the word cleaner to service provider. We tried to make that small shift, mm-hmm. um, but it's a, it's a difficult thing to do in the industry because cleaning, you know, sometimes we'll say service providers and people don't know what we're talking about, but we're trying to make a subtle shift from, you know, what the cleaning teams do is really such an mm-hmm. essential part of our business and of our industry. And in particular at a time like this, when people are scared about, you know, about traveling. And what we want to do as an industry is instill trust in people who are coming to, you know, to vacation or just to stay in our homes. Um, it becomes even more essential. Yeah, absolutely. I think the great discussion, great discussion on cleaning. I want to move to standards now because I know that standards, yeah. this, this whole word standards, dear to your heart, because I've, I've heard you it, talking about standards a, a, a lot. So where are you sitting in the whole standards world at the moment? Well, as you know, Heather, I mean, I love this. I, I love our industry. I think um, there was some, there was a study that booking.com did. I'm not someone who's great with numbers, but in 2018, they took a survey and I think 30, 30 some percent of travelers surveyed wanted to rent a home in 2019, that number jumped close to 50%. So you know, we, we really have a, a product that travelers want. And one thing I think that Airbnb did, did to disrupt the travel and accommodation industry is that it sort of introduced the idea of vacation rentals. I mean, as you know, because you've been managing vacation rentals, they've been around for, you know, for, for decades. It's not a new thing. It didn't start with Airbnb, certainly. But what Airbnb did, I think, is it disrupted the industry and introduced the idea of a vacation rental home to a wider segment of travelers. And it really opened up an opportunity for the, the industry and for people who have been in the industry to, you know, the, the, the product and the thing that they were selling was suddenly more, there was more demand for it. Um, so that's, that's the good news. You know, people want the experience of, of going on a vacation and staying all under the same roof. I've told the story about family vacations that I've taken and, it would just, would just have been a very different experience if we'd all been in separate hotel rooms as opposed to in one home with the kitchen and just what that, you know, what that opens up in terms of quality family time and that sort of thing. So that's the good news about, about our industry. But where we have, where we sort of fall down is that the reality is that as an industry, we're not consistently meeting travelers' expectations. And I don't think I know anyone that doesn't have 
a disappointing vacation rental story to tell. And if people have a really bad experience at a vacation rental, they'll, you know, they'll, they, they won't try it again. And so we, we've sort of got this opportunity, but if we don't live up to the expectation and meet the expectation, then we sort of lose, you know, we lose that market share. And so what a traveler wants is they want reliability, they want predictability. And when, you know, they're, they're used to hotels delivering that it's, it's predictable. You know, that there are systems in place and it's, if, if something goes wrong, there's a front desk, that sort of thing. And so we, we, I think to combat that, we really need a set of standards and it's not helpful for us as an industry. You know, I've heard, I've been at conferences and heard people talk about, you know, amateur hosts or amateur property managers or this kind of new, you know, and I understand the frustration from people that have been in the industry for a long time, but the reality is, is that we're all lumped together. There isn't a way for a traveler to distinguish between, you know, especially if they're looking at a listing platform between, between a seasoned property manager who've been, who's been in the industry for a long time versus, you know, a newer property manager or, you know, or an individual host. So we have a collective reputation as an industry. And I've used that phrase before. And I think it's really true that people can't distinguish. And so the reputation of, you know, individual owners and seasoned and non-seasoned property managers, et cetera, impacts the whole industry. And I think if we had standards, like a basic set of standards that travelers could count on when they're choosing a vacation rental industry, it would be helpful. And when I talk about a set of standards, uh, it's not something that's like grand standards, but it's very basic things that people can rely on so that they can comfortably choose a vacation rental and not, you know, when they make that decision, not feel like it's taking a bit of a risk and not booking and crossing their fingers and hoping that when they arrive at the property, that it's going to be stocked with things that it needs to be stocked with and there'll be safety measures in place and, and that sort of thing. So I originally started thinking about this about two years ago. It sort of emerged. Actually, the first time that I thought about it was at a, an Airbnb conference seven, seven years ago, I think. And it struck me when I was sitting in the audience that they were talking about the experience of staying in a vacation rental, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it just occurred to me that they have little to no control over the actual product over their brand because it's made up of a bunch of individual you know, property managers and, and hosts. And, and, and that's essentially, you know, what our vacation rental boils down to. So if we had a set of basic standards that people could know when they're booking a vacation rental, they can book with confidence. Um, I think that would be, you know, sort of a game changer for our, for our industry. Well, what do you think, well, what would be uh, the basics of, of those standards? Do you think? Well, I, I broke it down into sort of 10 categories initially. So I, I first, this, you know, I first started talking talking about it with the women's conference and Amy's question to me on the, you know, when we were preparing is like, what are you really passionate about, about the industry right now? And this is sort of what emerged from it. So I, I thought about it and I had kind of broke it down into, into 10 categories. And again, they're not things that are revolutionary or difficult, but cleanliness certainly uh, would be at the heart of it. Accuracy in terms of listing accuracy. You know, we hear a lot of stories about people showing up to a property and it pretty doesn't deliver what the, what the listing said, um, check-in and access. I think we need some basic standards because everyone's heard a story about someone showing up at a property and not having, not being able to find the key or not having the code, um, safety measures. Um, uh, so it's, you know, it's some things that are very, that are 
very basic and easily achievable for any host and property manager to to achieve. But I think it would just instill confidence. It, w- it would take away the level of doubt in a you know from a, from a guest perspective. So I've got four. I've got four here. You put cleanliness, accuracy, access, safety. I need the well, other six. Well maintained. <laughs> so well well maintained means that things need to be need to be inspected on a regular basis, and we need to have systems and processes in place so that things are are inspected on a on a regular basis. Twenty four seven emergency contact. And again, each one of those, each one of these has, you know, additional points that I would actually mm-hmm. love to talk with you more in depth about to, you know, I, I think a next step with this would be to gather some industry, you know, veterans and experts and see if, if we could, you know, settle on a, a, a basic set of standards, um, emergency contact, uh, 24 seven, that happens a lot with, you know, it's a reason that people don't book is that they, you mm-hmm. know, what, what happens if something happens and I won't have access to someone. Linens, I got recommendations from Alana with the distinguished guest, of course, about linens. She's, she's our go-to industry expert for linens. Um, amenities, you know, we talk about, there's been sort of the running joke in the industry about dull kitchen knives. <laughs> and I've been at a couple of conferences and I'm sure you were in the audience too. And people said, Oh my God, do we, do we really have to talk about dull kitchen knives again? It's like, it would be great if we didn't have to do that. But the reality is, is that, you know, that still happens in vacation rentals. And so well, it, it's still ha- set of kitchen amenities. It still happens that there's no kettles. And that there's, there's exactly, and that there's frying pans with Teflon peeling off. So I, I'm I'm happy to have that continually mentioned. <laughs> a kettle is on my list of essential kitchen amenities. <laughs> um, a broader set of en- amenities: so reliable Wi-Fi, maps, um, hair dryer, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, charging stations. Um, I think information is really important. So a guest guide, and that includes things about the the home, how to operate th- certain things in a home. That that oftentimes is unsettling too for travelers. Like if I go to a hotel room, I know how to operate the lights. I know how to find this. I know that I can go to the front desk to get you know extra toothpaste or whatever. But when people go to a vacation rental, I always send out instructions about like home instructions at least a week in advance. And I'm always surprised or I'm, I'm not surprised anymore about how many people will write and ask follow-up questions because when people travel, they're unsettled. They're leaving what's familiar to them. They're going to a new place. And we all are creatures of habit and want to know how to, you know, how to have control of our environment and our daily experience. So providing guest information ahead of time. And then this is one that I, I, um, so, so there's my 10, then I have my own sort of personal bias that I, there isn't really a way to measure this, but (laughs) I think if you're in the hospitality industry and you're renting homes to travelers that you have to view it, not just as an asset or a business or a commodity and not think just about the bottom line, but that you really, you know, should be someone who mm-hmm. is interested in guest experience of people who are traveling, have empathy for the guest journey and, and um, pay attention to the details, be a people person. And again, that's not something that we can really test for, but it's my own personal mm-hmm. bias that I, that I, I know you share after knowing you for, for the number <laughs> of years that we've known each other now. Yeah, it it, so. it does it does worry me when people you know people are coming into the industry and 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 you hear the you know make make a million on Airbnb without lifting a finger 
And yeah, it's sort of the, you know, the Airbnb gold rush and, and, you know, and, and that's, that's fine for people to, you know, like, look, if, if people want to turn hospitality into something that they can do full time and also make a living, I think that's fantastic. If it's something that you're, that you're passionate about, but I share the same concern when I, when I see those things, I just mm-hmm. am really, and I think, you know, my, my own personal bias is that now more than ever, I'm a big believer, as you know, in hospitality and what that, what that does, um, what, you know, how that can shift relationships in the world and that trend. So yeah, I, I share the same concern when I, when I see that sometimes. And again, it's not something that we can test for, but the other amenities we can, you know, the other basic set of standards, you know, if guests knew that they could book with confidence and if we could address all of the way, all the reasons that, that someone would choose when they want reliability and consistency, that they mm-hmm. would choose a hotel, then I think that, and I and I understand yeah. where Booking.com were coming from with their with their standards because you know I know that if I go to which I don't you know Motel Six I know exactly what I'd be getting. Um, mm-hmm. I That's cho- exactly right. I choose. Uh, we, I mean, when we travel, if we, you know, particularly if we if we if we're just going to stop off a highway, then I we will always go to a Drury Hotel because. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about this on the way when we came down. We stopped off at a Drury near Dayton. Uh, I knew exactly what to expect. I knew that they would accept my pets, that the place would be, you know, it's sort of average pricing. I knew that there would be free drinks when you get there and Mm -hmm. snacks. I knew that there would be free calls back to Canada. You know, these, these are their standards. This is what, and this is why I don't, we don't stop in any other hotel and I'm sure other hotels do this, but it's sort of ingrained in me that this is what Drury is about. Yeah. I mean, bookie.com did a really, uh, I think, you know, bold thing. Our, our industry, e- even inside the industry, sometimes people, we get confused still about reviews and the difference between reviews and ratings. And so with their ratings initiative, you know, they really tried to make it such that a, a traveler could choose the kind of experience that they want. So you're exactly right. I could stay, you know, my, my property, um, is, I have five-star reviews, but it's not a five-star property because I don't provide the amenities that would make it a five-star property. And what I mean by that is like, if I'm like you, if I'm on a road trip, I'm going to choose something that's maybe a two-star property. Cause I don't want to pay a lot for it, but I want it to be clean. I wanted to, to know that I've got, you know, certain amenities. If it's date weekend, um, I might choose a five-star property because I want something that's more luxurious and I want something with more, more amenities, et cetera. So that's helpful. But, but our industry, even inside our industry, I remember having the, you know, when, when booking.com first announced it at the, um, vacation rental world summit, even within the industry, you know, we're so used to the idea of, of reviews, which are, that's how, um, traveler rates, rates your property and their experience staying in your home. But it's, but it's not an indication. It doesn't segment our properties according to standards and amenities that we, that we provide. So I've been to, to check in on how their initiative is going because I thought it was quite, quite bold and, mm-hmm. and a good first step for, for our industry. And, you know, to sort of build on that, one of the examples that I Airbnb tried that when they introduced plus it was a hundred point checklist of standards that a home had to have to be able to be included in plus. And that's a really good first step, but back to standard operating procedures, 
a property might pass a hundred point inspection on the day that it was inspected, but that doesn't mean that two weeks later after one guest stay or two months later, <laughs> that it would still pass a hundred point inspection. So the, the need for our industry to have those kinds of ongoing standard operating procedures in place is really essential so that we can make sure that every guest stay lives up to a hundred point standard, mm-hmm. you know, list of standards or whatever basic set of standards that we want to, that we want to offer either as an industry as a whole, um, or individual property management companies. Do, do you see any form of accreditation in the future where, where, where you can have a badge I, that says, you know, I have achieved this because I know, you know, accreditation brings with it a whole load of different issues. How do you see that? I think it's something that's needed in the industry. I, I think the, uh, I think a collective accreditation um, is the best way for us to to go. So, for me, taking you know the idea of some a basic set of vacation rental standards forward <clears throat> that would include including other people in the industry so that we could agree on a specific set of, of of criteria. I did talk to someone at the European conference last year from the UK. And they had done something, they were in the process of doing something similar. So it was their association that was putting those standards in place. Mm-hmm. But I think that if we had something globally, it, it has to be something that we all educate travelers about that look for this seal. And you'll know that when you check into a place, you will have 24 seven access to, you know, an emergency contact. You'll get information about the property before you arrive. It will be, you know, you'll have, you can count on the the kitchen having these items. I think we should do that, Heather. I love this. Should we start it? I love this. Yes. I think we should talk more about this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I'll, it's- I'll, I'll send the, the list, you know, this, the sort of deeper list to you. And I, I think it would be it's an important initiative and it's something that would benefit us as an industry. You know, uh, one of the things that I like about our industry is that it is a community partially because it's the nature of our industry, but also because we do have a collective reputation. So anything that you or I do to elevate the industry helps all of us as a, as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an important conversation. I, I, I so agree. And you know, when I was going through, when you were going through that list and I thought, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing life-changing here. This is, is just no, simply that's difficult. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's yeah. simply saying, putting your name to it and saying, this is what I'm going mm-hmm. to do. And, yep. and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I know there's, there's arguments against any talk of standards because it might impact the wonderful nature of, of our business, which is essentially, as people say, non-standardized, but the standards and standards. It doesn't mean we have to all have the same wallpaper and the same ghastly picture above the bed. That's right. Yep. And and that's thank you for bringing that up because that is something that people will say and it's not about, you know, we all have to have the same, you know, the same color, you know, we all have to use white bedding and we all have to it's not about that at all. We can maintain the uniqueness but still have a basic level of expectations that are, you know, it's really about guest expectations. Mm-hmm. And something that they can, that's reliable for people to, to know. So I can have, you know, you can have your electric kettle and I can have a, you know, fancy teapot and someone else can have, but, but there's still a way to heat water for your tea in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. That's wonderful. We will have yeah. this discussion. Um, 
very soon, I think. I think I think um, you know it's something that uh, that that people would be interested in. And you know, I'm I come from you know sort of a corporate background where accreditation was was the thing. It just you know it did standardise things. It was more in terms of standard operating procedures being standardised. Mm-hmm. But it it sort of created a level playing field for everybody, and certainly the users found that it was it it was a much better experience for them because exactly they knew what to I- expect. So I th- I think the properties can still be diverse; they can still be unique, but they can but they can offer consistency in service and amenities. That's that's really Absolutely. it, isn't it? In the same way that every hotel is different, it's the it's the same thing. So there are still unique hotels and we certainly have more, you know, uniqueness within our industry because it's individual homes. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a basic level of standards that people can, it's, it's really about instilling trust in the traveler segment. People, as with every study that we've seen, um, a vacation rental is oftentimes what people would prefer. Mm -hmm. Um, but where we lose people is when they, make a choice about a vacation rental and then they have a bad experience. And I'm sure, you know, as I said, every, every person, um, has, has a story about a bad vacation rental experience. And it's often not, you know, as you said, it's, it's not earth shattering, expensive things to put in place. It's just, you know, it's all very basic and manageable, mm-hmm. um, expectations. Yeah. This conversation will continue. So, listeners, listen out. (laughs) Hey, Tammy, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, getting your views on life in... I saw saw a headline, life in the crisis. To me, not so much a crisis as, and I, I love, you know, I'm, I'm taking a leaf out of Alex's book and, and trying to spin it to the positive. You know, there's, there's always a good side to everything. I think we can, we can create some opportunities here. Everybody can. So it's just a matter of being creative. And and there's, there are opportunities, you know, um, because, you know, as we, as we talked, I mean, people, people will be more comfortable with a place that's, that's a private home. So if we can let people know, you know, how it's been disinfected and prepared. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, drive to places that were once to fly to destinations, then could become drive to destinations. So I think we just have to be smart as an industry. We have to be creative and put our heads together. And I think we can, I, I think we can weather this. Just before we wrap up, tell us a little bit about Properly and, uh, and how people can f- um, find out more about it. Oh, thank you. Um, so our website is getproperly.com and we've got some information. We have a blog post right now actually about that we'll be expanding on. We're doing some more research and we'll be putting out more information about how to prepare properties, how to keep your team safe, how to reassure guests. So we've got that information available on, on our website and uh, we'll also be publishing a checklist for people to follow to make sure that homes are, are disinfected. So that'll be available as well. Wonderful. And how can they contact you? Uh, I'm just Tammy at getproperly.com. T-A-M-M-I. Okay. Very easy. Very accessible. You can find me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so so what, what's your plans for the next six months? I know, you know most people's plans are sort of up in the air. I, I, I was meant to be in Barcelona, going there in two weeks for the Kigo conference. That was cancelled. And right. of course, VRMA Europe was cancelled. And there's, there's other events coming up, which we have no idea whether they'll be um, going ahead. So um, if all was well with the, with the world, what would you be doing in the next six months? 
Well, we'll be spending some time in New Zealand. So we're here in the States for the next month and then we're headed to New Zealand and then back here. Yeah, we're just watching day by day what's happening with the crisis. I mean, I think the thing that we're, we're paying attention to the most is just not, you know, not wanting to be in a place that the borders might get closed and not being able to get close to family and, and that sort of thing. So we'll keep plugging along, trying to provide resources for people to within the industry about, about what's happening and, yep. and making sure that our team is okay. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope to see you at some point, you know, if, if I'm, I'm sure we'll be good for Florida in, uh, in, in the fall for VRMA. So that'll probably be the next time we meet up. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Heather. It was, it was nice to talk with you as always. As always with you. Thank you so much, Tammy, for joining me for that interview. That was fantastic. I love the discussion on standards. I I think it's, I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. I know I'm going to get some pushback on that because people do say that if we try and instill standards into an industry that is full of uniqueness and uh, differences, then we're trying to standardise something that should not be standardised in the first place. But I think there's ways of looking at this and I'm sure over time we're going to come to some solution. I just want to mention the Facebook group, which is the Business of Short-Term Rental and Property Management, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. We've been talking about damage uh, damage and security deposit policies, um, owner acquisition, and, you know, how people handle missing items, just general issues that every professional host and property manager faces. What we do not do in the group is is really discuss guest issues and issues with the OTAs. Um, that's best left to other groups. So if you want to come along and just talk about the business of what we do, then you are so welcome. So pop on over to, I mean, just go to, just go to Facebook and you can put the business of short-term rental and property management in the search box and it will bring it up and just answer the couple of questions and uh, we will welcome you in. So just, uh, just wanted to mention that. So over time, over the next few weeks, I'm sure we're probably going to be talking a little bit more about uh, coronavirus as the situation unfolds, but really trying to keep it to a short discussion at the beginning of an interview and and not focus on it too much. There's a lot of uh, information uh, out there. Um, certainly go to VRM Intel, go to that Facebook group because people are talking about it on there and how they're managing cancellations, etc. And uh, there was a great post that I just saw from Rentals United, and I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. And that's some a few things that you can practically do to um, create some opportunities, just as, as uh, Tammy was talking about. So uh, go on over there. So in the meantime, thanks so much for joining me. And of course, don't forget to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I would really love that. Um, always good to see to, to, to read those reviews. And don't forget, you can connect with me directly at heather at cottageblogger.com or heather at vacationrentalformula.com. Either one is going to get me. We are moving over to Vacation Rental Formula. So eventually the Cottage Blogger will drop out of existence, which is a little sad, but uh, times move on. 
So that's it for this week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.